All right, we ready to just get into this thing? I think we normally do an introduction first, but yes. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm primed. You're Optimus Prime? I'm lubed. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're Rodimus Prime? Uh, yes, I right. am, actually. I'm Judd I'm Jud Nelson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Daily Grindhouse presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, That's Mo Pawn, yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug T I L L E Y. He's Doug Tilly, number one super guy. Hi, Mo. I'm glad that you mentioned the T I L L E Y part because I feel like people aren't picking up on that lately. I feel like that's something that they're just missing, and I don't know why. It's not hard to remember. I even say it with an extra e sound at the end, just to make sure that everybody gets it. I, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, it's even, it's your catchphrase. You know, here in Ontario, and maybe in other parts of the world, they have what are called Tilly hats, which are these sort of indestructible hats. I think they're well known for that maybe an elephant could eat this hat and could shit it out. And uh, you could pick it up and put it on your head. I wouldn't advise it, but you could, and it'll stay in one piece. It's a very tough hat. And everyone knows the Tilly hat, and it's spelled T-I-L-L-E-Y. But it just seems like it, it just doesn't capture people the way that I think a name spelling should. <laughs> like, like, like the name porn, for instance. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody always forgets the E at the end. I get it. I don't forget it, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> or they pronounce it porn-nay for some reason. Well, you do have that continental uh, attitude. You just call me a cunt. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a cunt. You have a cunt face. That's the problem. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yeah, I, I told people recently. Um, some people might know that uh, we have a, a, a Ashley Montgomery, the, the No Budget Nightmare super fan, has been going through all the episodes backwards and has just recently finished and gone. Right back up to Hip Hop Locos, the very first No Budget Nightmares episode. Woman. Uh, and um, and I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> what was I saying? I don't know. No, I think I was saying something about pronunciation or my name. I got to be honest, Mo, I'm a little out of sorts tonight. <laughs> Are you still upset because, uh, because Mike uh, from... Uh... The motherfucker... <laughs> From, uh, oh, God, uh, Badasses, Boobs, <laughs> and Body Counts. Uh, Mike from the Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts podcast uh, put up uh, a podcast featuring me just recently. Uh, we covered Inframan and Gamera 2, Attack of Legion. And on the the website <laughs> where he puts the little tag. He tagged you wrong. <laughs> he tagged me, T-I-L-L-Y, 
like a prick. <laughs> uh, I got very upset about it because I, I feel like I feel like I really have pushed the spelling of my name. Uh, <laughs> that's the sound of me getting angry. You can hear it that's, right That's now. what the sound of a suburban Doug Till, Tilly Sasquatch attacking. It, you know, it, it just, it really gets my goat. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> Mo. Girls. This week on No Budget Nightmares, uh, we actually have a really special feature. But what's really special about it, first of all, is how we chose it. Uh, the film this week is Reanimator Academy from 1992. Wait, that's special? <laughs> it's special because we picked it at random for no good reason at all. I was going to say, we, we picked it based on how ridiculous the name was. The movie's called Reanimator Academy. Yeah. <laughs> I read the title. I remember reading the title months and months and months ago and thinking, this is a movie we have to see at some point. <laughs> and now we've both seen it. Yeah. Are we better people for having seen it? I doubt it. Another thing that's exciting about this movie <laughs> is that it's called Reanimator Academy. That's really brilliant. My love is pure. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to start maybe doing a little beat poem oh, okay. as we no my no my love for the, the film Reanimator Stuart Gordon's film Reanimator is massive my, I love that it's film. my second favorite horror film of all time what's number one Mo oh, Phantasm ooh anyway Reanimator is a great movie uh, and we like the I'm sure we all have a certain amount of love for the the two sequels this film decides that because the H.P. Lovecraft stories, the Herbert West reanimator stories, are in the public domain, that they can uh, homage both those stories, or more specifically, the film <laughs> Reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> By ripping off, I mean, tributing, uh, wholesale, yeah. <laughs> certain, certain sections of that film. But I have to be honest, Mo, the thing that kind of bothers me about this movie isn't the rip-off aspect. I mean, this is a shot-on-video, no-budget movie. Yeah. It's that they didn't put re-animator for the title. It's just re-animator, mm -hmm. all one word, and that bothers me. Yeah, because that's like re-animator. Yeah, it doesn't look right. I can't remember if the original stories had the dash or not, but certainly the reanimator film does. So this this bugged me to, to a really great, perhaps unnecessarily <laughs> large extent. Well, <laughs> mostly because the name comes up on the screen more than once throughout the film. It really does. Yeah, I mean, it's like maybe maybe they were just trying to avoid uh, potential litigation. <laughs> if they were trying to do that. And, I mean, that was uh, the only and, case of which they were attempting that, because everything else right. is blatant rip-off. <laughs> they don't just rip off Reanimator in this either. <laughs> as, as we'll see. I mean, we'll talk about it as we go through it. Reanimator Academy is great. The third reason <laughs> is because that it's only 68 minutes long. Yeah. If this movie was, I mean, if this movie was five minutes longer, I would have shot myself. This was, I mean, it's not a bad movie. Per se, mm. but but part of the reason why I enjoyed it was because it ended at just the right time. It doesn't overstay its welcome, and it skirts the line a few times. But because the film itself is presented as basically a joke, it's never meant to be taken seriously. Yeah. Uh, it it 
you know, you forgive it a little bit more and right to the point where you're like, I don't know, and then it's over. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Exactly, exactly. I, That's... I didn't have a bad time here. Yeah, I, I, this is actually one of the... Uh... Uh, one of the first times watching a film for the show that I didn't really take any major breaks from it. Uh, I didn't stop midway. I didn't really, you know, like I wasn't even like going out of my way to find things to distract me, uh, which a lot of these movies tend to do. Uh, I, I just, I plowed right through it. I, and I managed to, uh, I managed to get it all done in, in pretty much one go. So, I mean, it only took me, I mean, it took me a couple of hours, but I mean, normally it takes me like four or five hours to get through one of our movies. You know, to the film's uh, immense credit, it actually gets better as it goes along. The last 15 minutes or so are pre- pretty much the best part of the sure. movie. Uh, w- the last interesting thing, and we'll probably mention it as we go along uh, about this movie, is that it has a strange tie into one of the most popular, in quotation marks, films that we've covered, which is Redneck County Fever. I know, right? That's so weird. It's so weird because we got so sort of into the whole mystery behind why does Redneck County Fever exist? Who thought it was a good idea to make this movie? What kind of asshole would spend all their time making that piece of shit? Uh, and we actually investigated it a little bit, and we thought we you know, pretty much hit a wall at some point, but the mystery has been reopened. Yeah, like like a like a, a wound with a scab, like Al Capone's vault. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> I mean, I know I have a, I know I have a nice mustache and everything, but Movember. Yeah, right, Movember, because you're Mo. I am Mo. Yeah, it has nothing to do with mustaches. It's all for me. Yes, everyone knows that. Well, what's <laughs> the reason that this movie ties into our beloved Redneck County Fever is that one of the actors, in fact, one of the leads, whose name I can't remember from uh, Redneck County Fever, he's in this movie. Mm. An actor we never discovered what his name was before. He's in this movie, and it came out, I mean, I would guess, since we're not sure about when Redneck County Fever came out, around the same time. I mean, early 90s, because this is 92, sounds about right. Which he is what looks- we were, which what we were guessing at. So I mean, my guess, my guess is that Redneck County Fever and Reanimator Academy both came out within this, you know, within the same couple of years. I am going to go one step further, Mo, and actually Ooh. guess that they were directed by the same person. Well, you're probably that's right. something. That's something we're going to investigate a little bit further. So stay tuned. <laughs> Some nothing might ever come of it. <laughs> what, are, we go- are we going to break now? <laughs> like, <what? laughs> We'll be right back. (laughs) No, Mo, no breaks for us. We're going to be talking about Reanimator Academy. Tala! (laughs) Let's just jump right into the film. Let's do it. All right. How does the movie start, Mo? Well, it opens up with a uh, uh, lady uh, of the night, hooker, poor, whatever you want to call her. Uh, You stop yourself right there. What? You stop. No, sh- sh- shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, we do have an opening credits, uh, and and over those opening credits, we get shots of like skeleton heads, skulls, and stuff, and like anatomy that. books and whatnot. Yeah, it's like if someone saw the opening credits to Reanimator, <laughs> but they didn't have the ability to have good music or animation of any sort, <laughs> so they just showed pictures of anatomy books. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but there's only. Th- the only reason I bring it up, Mo, is because uh, this film does have one memorable name in its credits. I'm just going to leave you silent so you can tell me who it is. Huh? The, I, no, I have no I, I, Yes! 
David Dakota is oh, well, David the Dakota. executive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, everyone knows. Sorry, all the Reanimator <laughs> Academy fans knew that. Everybody knows David Dakota was the executive producer for Reanimator Academy. <laughs> yeah, well, we know. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think it's interesting that uh, around this time period, we know that David Dakota worked with Todd Sheets mm-hmm. and uh, was uh, supporting the work of JD uh, Bookwalter uh, and was really Did you say JD Bookwalter. What? Are, what Yes, I did. J.R. Bookwalter. <laughs> fuck. I, the one time I didn't fuck up the Bookwalter part, I fucked up the other part. I'm, I'm obsessed with the letter R. It's like that movie J.D. Brookwalter. <laughs> but David Dakota was really pouring himself into these uh, shot-on-video movies at the time, mm. and this is one of them he decided to put his time towards, and that's baffling. And also, this movie was directed by, it's credited as, Judith Priest. Yeah. But I don't necessarily believe... That that's an actual person. It might be David Dakota himself. Actually, that's like the it's like the low budget Alan Smithy. <laughs> that's it, right? <laughs> but why would they want to take their name off of this film? I don't know, man. I I would definitely put, keep my name on that. I I I mean, like I said, I didn't think anything was was particularly bad about this. I mean, it's not like I said, it's not a great film, but you know, I mean, I it's not it's not such a colossal pile of shit that you'd want to take your name off of it. Mo, tell me about prostitutes. Well, you see, here's what happens. Okay. You drive your car up, you a little honk, 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 you know, roll down your window, they go... Sorry, sorry, is the three honks necessary? Yeah, yeah, it's, that's code. Okay. It's code. <laughs> it, it means I want it all. Um, no, I'm just kidding. What if you, what if you want to go elbow deep? What's the code for that? <laughs> I think that's one long honk. Mo, <laughs> 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 the big question is, what do you do if your horn is broken? Uh, just yell. <laughs> That's the call of the wild right there. That's the call of the wild. <laughs> so this this film starts with a prostitute uh, named Hot Lips. Hot Lips, uh, attractive young woman. And she is uh, trying to get, uh, what do they call those men who try to pick up prostitutes? Johns, or tricks. Johns. Johns and tricks. She's going for Johns and tricks. I think tricks would be more appropriate because they make 900 trick jokes later. Yes, they they make <laughs> a lot of jokes later. <laughs> But she's out there on the street, and uh, Bruno, who's a gangster, uh, pulls up in a car and beckons her to come over. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, the boss wants to see you now. Now, Bruno is an interesting character. He's a bit of a dumbass. Well, here's the thing about Bruno is that I got I got to, you know, I mean, like anybody who's familiar with the old Bugs Bunny cartoons basically yes. immediately recognized Bruno as, you know, and it's almost kind of ironic because, like, he picks her up, he takes her back to the boss, who's named Muggsy. Right. Okay. Now, if anybody knows anything about the old about the old uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons, right, is that though they those guys were uh, Rocky and Muggsy, or Muggsy exactly. was the bad. Well, Muggsy was the dumb one. You know. Mm-hmm. But basically, that's all these two guys are. I mean, like even in stature, like it's it's just it's it's just a blatant ripoff. Yeah, and how they talk. I mean, they talk. They're gangsters, like nineteen thirties style gangsters. <laughs> yeah, you want I, you want I should. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, they are cartoon characters yeah. right from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, Muggsy is Bruno's boss. Mm-hmm. He's the boss. <laughs> and Bruno has to bring Hot Lips to see Muggsy. Oh yeah. That's what happens. Should mention that Bruno is played by an actor named Benton Jennings, who has gone on to have actually a really, really extensive career uh doing all sorts of different things uh and we've reached out to him just to find out if he has any anecdotes about the making of this film 
Yeah. Well, let's hope we hear back from him. Yeah, I think we might. I do. I got my fingers crossed, Mo. I have my toes crossed. Mmm, your Mo toes. <laughs> so basically, uh, Muggsy confronts her about some cash uh, that he found uh, that she had stashed away, and of course, she you know she claims that she she'd earned it, you know, and uh, and he says this to her. Little tramp, I'll teach you to cheat on me. <laughs> oh, I think Shorty knows how, boss. Shut up, Bruno. <laughs> Shut up. What's important to remember about what you just played, Mo, is that it ends with him slapping Hot Lips in the face. No, no, it's um, he well, he goes little tramp and he pretends to smack her. Uh, I don't think he pretends, right? I think he's supposed to have slapped her, but there's no slapping sound. And oh. it misses her by a mile. Well, I don't know. I think they were playing it off like a cartoon sort of thing where, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, because he, do, he does like fake slapping on Bruno all the time, too. I mean, he, I guess he's, quote unquote, supposed to be slapping him. Yeah. But he just kind of waves his hand in front of his face and Bruno goes. Yeah. Um, I grabbed a snapshot of of Muggsy doing that to Bruno. So I'll, I'll toss that up on the, on the Facebook page, but it's, it's really ridiculous. <laughs> so hot lips uh, will not admit that she stole money uh, or, or kept money for herself. Uh, so Muggsy decides that he's going to have her off and ask Bruno to do it <laughs> in the most convoluted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yeah. First he tells her to grease her. So he pulls out a grease gun and he starts shooting grease on her uh, chest. Uh, then he tells her to wipe her out. <laughs> So, of course, he grabs some toilet paper and he wipes the grease up. <laughs> uh, then he tells her to blow her away. Uh-huh. And he pulls out a hair dryer and does has at it. Uh, and then he tells her to have her that he wants her to sleep with the fishes. To which Bruno replies, we ain't got no aquarium. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then just to make things as clear as possible, Mosey goes, I just want you to kill her. <laughs> And then we, then, we, then of course that turns into a joke unto itself. Where Br- now Bruno goes, uh, "Do you want I should use the gun?" And uh, she and, screams. And she screams. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, maybe I maybe strangle her like. <laughs> and she screams. Yeah. Or maybe I should use the shiv. She screams. And Muggsy, so Muggsy, Muggsy, Muggsy decides. Finally decides. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, and he shoots her about twenty times. Thirty, I counted. You counted, Mo. And plus, plus our audience will be able to count right now. I'll do it myself. <laughs> There's the fucking scream. Thirty. Thirty, you're right. <laughs> There's more. Yo. Yo. You killed her, boss. Real thorough, too. You killed her, boss. Real thorough, too. Bruno Bruno saves this movie. He really does. does. He does. He's so much better than everyone else. (laughs) And he he gets that character totally. What is great about the rest of this movie (laughs) is that this segment, it's like... (laughs) It's pointless, essentially, for the first half of the film. For the first half of the film, at the halfway mark of this film, it ends, and then the second, the sequel starts, but these characters that we've seen will not appear for the rest of this first film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're there, they're, 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 this is just essentially establishing them as characters. Yes, for then, the second film. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, essentially from this point on, um, 
they're not seen again. Right. It's exciting. It's great, great stuff. Instead, we go to the academy, the a.k.a. the university, where we see uh, a group of early 90s students walking around the campus. Uh, we get, you know, we get the, the classic establishing shots where there probably weren't supposed to be on the I was going to say, yeah, it definitely seemed like, like nobody had. Like, it, it, the, the problem with, with the establishing shots that they picked up was that they seemed kind of creepy. Yeah. Like somebody was sneaking around with a camera who maybe shouldn't have had one. <laughs> I mean, there's at the end of one of the shots, you can see someone in the background start to wave at the camera, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get one of those classic early 90s sorority parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sorority, I guess it would be like fraternity. a uh, fraternity. That's exactly right. And uh, these fraternity parties, as you well know, Mo, being a man of the early 90s yourself, um, they featured, well... Just like we see in this movie. People dancing around with mullets uh, and awful clothes, Mm. uh, wearing underwear on their heads. Which makes sense. (laughs) I I never went anywhere in 92 without underwear on my head. Well, that was the style, right? Chris Cross made you you turn those clothes around, then you put underwear on your head. (laughs) It was the style of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone in this party has underwear on their heads. (laughs) (laughs) Except for the one guy who's got a bud dry case yeah. on his head. <laughs> Go him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is this is the uh, uh, I can't remember the it's the oh yeah the Delta Epsilon Delta yeah, fraternity. Dead. <laughs> because and everyone who's a member of this fraternity are deadheads. <laughs> man, yo, dude. Whoa. whoa, we'll just go whoa from now on. There's some pretty great uh, posters on the wall of this place too. There are. Um, there are actually some f- familiar ones to genre fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a really great uh, poster for uh, a post-apocalyptic sort of thriller called America 3000, mm-hmm. um, which actually uh, I was doing some searching for it online to see if it's available on YouTube, and it totally is. But even <laughs> but even better is there is uh, there's a video called America 3000 in 10 Minutes. Oh, it's just edited down. And it's just to edited part. down to the to the major plot points so the whole movie's done up in 10 minutes and it is brilliant. <laughs> like I thoroughly suggest every I mean even if even if you've never seen America 3000, you know, just go go and watch America 3000 in 10 minutes because you'll know the entire film and you're only wasting 10 minutes of your time. Um also on the walls is a really a really cool uh school spirit uh poster yes. which I thought was awesome. They also have a poster for the uh, the 1971 fucking weird western Zachariah, which is one of the first ones that they show, and that's oh, got a really yeah. really cool poster as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wish <laughs> it's funny because the, the movies these are not the most common or most um, renowned uh, of 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 kind of cult movies, but they're certainly interesting ones. So sure. <laughs> we turn our attention. Towards that, always. Uh, I mean, whenever whenever I see posters on the wall, I, I'm, I'm always dying to know what you know what what the movies are uh, if I don't immediately recognize it. But yeah, there's some, like I was actually really impressed at the at the posters at, at this party in particular. There's some really dumb jokes at this party. Well, <laughs> yes. Is that a head in your shorts? Or are you just glad to see me? Yeah, yeah. That's that is a level of humor that we will be dealing with for the rest of it. It's all like. Um, I guess they call it Borscht Belt type humor, where it's just <laughs> just the 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 silliest like joke book jokes. It's, it's very you know? Henny Young. Henny, Henny Young. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, 
I did. In fact, in I fact, I think I think there's a. Oh, we have to wait until that character is introduced before I give it away. But yeah, there's there's <laughs> there's, there's a joke that's a, just a straight Henny Youngman ripoff. Absolutely. Uh, and there's also a really weird gag where one of the characters talks about that uh, she feels. I guess it's just a common thing where at a party you feel like everyone is uh, staring at you, and she voices it like this. I hate this. I feel so stupid. I feel like everybody's watching me. We are watching you. <laughs> I actually got a chuckle out of that. <laughs> I I felt like at that point the movie was willing to go pretty far to get the gags. Well, I mean, like I, I mean, for, yeah, for something like that, I mean, it's all it almost turns into like uh, like a Zucker, you know, brothers comedy. But uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, and and I, at the first like twenty minutes, it felt like that's what they were kind of going for. You know what it actually reminded me of. Uh, was the uh, the Sam Raimi film Crime Wave mm. uh, at the beginning, where the gags are not quite up to the Zucker <laughs> level, but uh, but you know they're they're trying to be sort of that sort of silly. Sure, <laughs> I get that. Yeah, we get it. Hey, <laughs> hey, we get it. <laughs> anyway, let's get our main character introduced. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so uh, car pulls up in front of the. Um, in front of the building, and a uh, uh, an exasperated-looking nerd w- walks out. Um, nerd, the nerd. Yeah, he, like, he doesn't like being called nerd. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I had I had made the comment, and I'm usually really good at nailing what people look like. Right. But uh, somebody on our Facebook page nailed it way better than than yes, I could. They did. Uh, but I said it looked like Herbert West and Tony and Toby Radloff had a very unfortunate baby. Uh, the uh, I, I gotta pull it up. Um, the guy on our Facebook page. I rarely ever actually go Facebook dot com slash no budget nightmares. All one word. Yeah, that's the one. Mm, uh, I love that page. Weberly Rattencraft. Yes. Says uh, he looks like a where Charles Nelson Riley cut in mid transformation, <laughs> which is. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect to describe him. <laughs> Though, I mean, obviously, this character is supposed to look as much like Herbert West as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With what they had available to them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And he's carrying an aquarium, which is about half full of this sort of greenish liquid. That's not uh, familiar at all. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. I was like, why am I laughing to myself? <laughs> yeah, you're laughing to yourself. And he also is carrying uh, a head. Mm-hmm. And we discover that his name, that this character's name is Edgar. Mm. Should we give away what his full name is yet? <laughs> his name is Edgar Allen Lovecraft. <laughs> Do you get it? It's the laziest name <laughs> I've ever Heard. Wink. <laughs> it's not even a wink. I mean, like, like I mean, even if if they, even if they had just if if they had named him like Edgar West, you know, it would have been a nice homage to both. You know, it would have made sense. How about Edgar East, or how about yeah H P East? There, there you go. <laughs> I've just made this movie ten percent better. <laughs> I should mention that the reanimator fluid, which is what that aquarium is full of, that that green liquid, Serum. it looked. It looks very little like the reanimator fluid from uh, from reanimator, which is done, I think, with the inside of like light uh, uh, light sticks. Glow sticks, yeah, <laughs> yeah, glow sticks. That's the better word for them. In this case, it looks more like scope. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even look like scope. It just looks like water with green uh, 
food coloring. Food coloring. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Edgar is a dork, so he's not very comfortable with these party situations. Even though he seems at least generally well liked, not like the the Herbert West character who was a big prick to everybody. Yeah. Oh, I was just thinking about all those great scenes in the reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it's really great. He comes into the party and he's got this, you know, the, the fish tank and a, and a severed head. Yeah. Uh, you know, under his arm, essentially uh, like a fucked up looking head. Yeah. Like a really gnarly looking head. I mean, you posted a picture of it. They can go, yeah, they it's can supposed go to be, on there. And, and yeah. Like, it's been mangled and burned in an automobile accident. He yeah. Says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and so his, so, so I'm assuming it's his roommate, uh, or at the very least his frat brother, uh, you know, tells him, tells him to, Hey, you know, come, come have a drink with us. You know, just one drink, no, nothing major, you know, uh, come, come enjoy the party. So he puts the 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 head and the the fluid onto the uh the refreshments table yep and then proceeds to walk away yeah that wasn't a very good idea not a very good idea because one of the patrons of the party decides that he's going to drink from this punch bowl not just any patron not just any patron that's right mo (laughs) but this is our buddy from redneck county fever Yes, the dude. And he from... has and he has a great line for Edgar when Edgar tries to stop him from drinking the the, the reanimator serum. He says Stop! You're about to make a big mistake. Well <laughs> But I whip get hold my liquor. I love that he's even playing the same character essentially. I mean he basically is he's I mean I did say that he was dressed the same, which isn't strictly correct, but he looks so nineteen ninety two, you know. Yeah, well I mean basically basically instead of wearing you know I mean he's instead of the zoo, the stupid Zubaz pants he's wearing in, in Redneck County Fever, he's wearing a different pair of stupid Zubaz pants. Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> we got to track down this guy and find out what the hell happened. To I want to talk to this dude. Like, I, like, I, and I, and I want to, I want the entire interview to be conducted in that voice. <laughs> Whoa! So, like, so, like, the lighting director came in and he hung all these lights. <laughs> so Edgar goes to his room and uh, goes through his papers and eats we should also head. we should note we should note that nothing bad. Happens to that dude from yeah, from no, drinking a full cup of the of the I, reanimator serum. It makes you think like it's going to go back to it at some point, but it never does. Never does. I mean, in fact, they go back to that character when he's leaving the party. He's like, "Hey, he man, great fun. party! This is a really great party." Yeah. <laughs> what are we? I'm going to be talking like this all night now. <laughs> so. You think that Edgar's going up to his room to reanimate the what he has, the head, right? Mm. But it's weird because he goes up there and he starts like kind of reading papers and eating an egg Ugh. and uh, a nasty green egg. A <laughs> nasty green egg. But then he suddenly gets the great idea that maybe he should reanimate the head. <laughs> Why would he have had the head anyway? <laughs> exactly. It's like I mean, like, like well, maybe he just collects heads. I mean, he he did have an awful lot of skulls in there. No, the head collecting comes a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's sort of unintentional. <laughs> so he does it very much like uh, like in Reanimator uh, in terms of getting the head to reanimate. He takes like a baking tray, puts the head in it, and fills it with uh, the reanimating fluid, and then he injects the head with uh, with more fluid. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually at this point in the it's it's at this point in the film that I'm starting to wonder. If or when they're going to go back to the other characters. Yeah, I know, right? 
<laughs> I even How put it. I connect? even put it in my notes that I'm dying to see where the first part of this movie and this part come together. <laughs> well, something does happen when he injects his head. Mm-hmm. What happens? <laughs> Why are you like whispering questions to me? <laughs> no, it's. I'm trying. I'm making sure that no one else can hear us. I just want to have a side conversation. Oh, okay. What happens with this guy? Oh, boy, I have, whoa. Could I use a drink? <laughs> the skull comes to life, and he is uh, a ridiculous, uh, hackney sort of comic. For anyone who remembers 1992 and the level of stand-up comedy that it was very, very popular at the time, and was just about to break in terms of the, the break in a, in a bad way, in this case, the yeah. bubble would burst in stand-up comedy. Uh, he is like the hackiest, shittiest com- comedian he's really in the world. Awful. I mean, he's awful. I mean, and and we actually have uh, at the end of the film, he you know we get a little taste of his of his stand-up act. And uh, we have that for you. We'll play it when we get there. We have that for you. Yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> so stay tuned for so that. Stay tuned for for the for the most awful <laughs> fucking co- comedy you've ever heard. There's a taste of it in the uh, in the trailer that's available over on the Facebook oh, page. Oh, true, as well. true. Yeah. But he, I feel like Roseanne Barr sat on my face. <laughs> Roseanne uh, Barr jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then he says, so, he, so he says to him he goes uh they, they start talking about the about the serum and and then he says this my reanimator serum oh pretty heady stuff <laughs> get it pretty heady stuff yes i get it <laughs> Edgar's response is brilliant because like in audio he sounds like he's so annoyed with him. In actuality he's not annoyed at all. He's he's actually just he's got this sort of like weird smile on his face and <laughs> but he's not actually like laughing or mad about it. But in in just audio it really sounds like he's really angry about that yeah, stupid like, joke. Yes. Like, I, yeah, well, it's a I get it's it. It's a good thing he doesn't get mad at stupid head-based puns because there will be a billion of them before the movie is out tons of them (laughs) and this is actually this is actually the point in the film where we find out that his that the character's name is edgar allen lovecraft yeah which jesus christ and we find out that that we find out that the head is named fred 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 the head fred the head he goes it rhymes but i don't like the sound of it So the, he's going to keep him – he actually uh, offers to kill him, uh, Edgar does, when uh, when Fred suggests that maybe he would have been more uh, happy, not alive, as a head. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, death's a pretty big gig, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I already did it once. But – and this is a very strange thing that happens where Fred overhears – and he uh, – sorry, Frank overhears, and Frank is a uh, old – Oh, Fred. Sorry, is the name. I suck with names. Fred <laughs> overhears the party, and he uh, says that he's actually a member of that fraternity. Yeah, <laughs> like he belonged to a different house at a different, you know, in the diff- University of Missouri. In like Missouri. <laughs> and he suggests that they go down and join the party, and Edgar agrees. Edgar's agreement to the party is great. It, uh, I got. I grabbed the audio, so I'm going to play it. It's great. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go! <laughs> All right. Let's go! <laughs> so he brings the head down to the party, and everyone at first is, you think, okay, there's only two responses. Either they'd be horrified, or they would be like, holy shit, Edgar just brought something back from the dead. 
They give neither of those. I, I was gonna say, yeah, they they shock they shock us. I mean, at first they're at first they're a little uh, uh, dismayed by the whole thing, and 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 they say that the head's really disgusting, and they should bring it back to the morgue. They're unimpressed. They're someone unimpressed. Just, someone someone yells, "It's just a head." <laughs> like, <laughs> the fact that it's a head makes it more impressive. Yeah, and then so Edgar gives this really impassioned sort of speech about uh, big you know, speech <laughs> about freedom and like fraternity and all this other jazz and and how he should be treated with common decency. But the crowd doesn't really give a shit until he mentions that he used to be a fraternity member. <laughs> and so as soon as he mentions that he's you know so one of the one guy's like oh he used to be he's a he's a brother. All right, then. And so immediately, as soon as this guy says, all right, you know, uh, you know, the head starts cracking these Henny Youngman one-liners and everybody is just in hysterics. Yeah, they love him. They <laughs> fucking adore this severed head who is talking at them. Like, you remember, like, like you know what it reminded me of was uh, actually it reminded me a lot. And, and, and I hate to say that because this movie happened <laughs> later was at the end of uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Right, you know where the stand-up comic characters. Oh, hosting, that's right. And and like it was all a, of it was a Stone Age. We called them Ots and Fots, Ots <laughs> and Fots. <laughs> and how the crowd is just fucking. Dying and everybody's just and everybody. rolling on the floor and die. It's it's exactly like that. And and this is how it is every time. Uh, Fred the Head is is on screen and cracking jokes. Like everybody's just dying around him. Ots <laughs> oh. and Fots. <laughs> Hey Blondie, if I told you you had a nice body, can I? Would you give it to me? <laughs> so <laughs> this party ends. Everyone has a great time. I think I found my with... calling in life. <laughs> <laughs> the... <laughs> it's sort of got like a Neil Hamburger type deal. Mother's my life. So so the party ends, and everyone had a great time because they were partying with this head, and. They leave. By the way, the party is – it ends before it gets, like, dark. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't know leave. what they were going with that one. I, I was kind of thinking, well, one of two things is happening. Either they're real lightweights and they're ending the – they're like, you know what? <laughs> it's it's starting to get dark. It's like 730. <laughs> I've had enough. Back it's, home for me. <laughs> but then I thought to myself, you know what probably is more likely the case is it probably ran all night and this is supposed to be the next morning. They partied all night long. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so everyone leaves except for, um, except for Fred, of course, and Edgar. And Edgar's, I guess it would be the housemate. He lives in the same place, and he's named Nick. And Nick is there with his girlfriend, Trish. And I only mention Nick and Trish because they're about to become very important momentarily. For about a second. (laughs) For about a second. Because as they all decide to go into the house to get some much-needed rest, Trish falls down like an idiot. (laughs) And fucking dies. (laughs) And dies. She trips over her own foot and falls face-first on the ground and dies. (laughs) Nothing happens to her. She it's actually trips. a pretty good pratfall when you think about it. I mean, like, she really slammed the ground. It's a good thing, because she dies. Because she dies. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is where the misogyny of the film starts coming into play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like how she dies, and 
Edgar actually has to be suggested the idea that maybe it would be a good idea to reanimate her. <laughs> I've come up with a serum that brings people back from the dead. I've used it on this head that is now the life of the party. This person just died. I wonder what we should do. <laughs> I love how Fred, uh, who, who who can't not crack a joke in every scene, he goes, he goes, I'd give you a hand, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Nick goes, when he, when he suggested, he goes, what about that? Reaminator stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you so know, they so, inject her. Yeah, they end up bringing her back in, back into the house, and they inject her with the uh, with the serum, and she comes back, and she is a total harpy woman. Yeah, she's a bitch, like a total bitch. Uh, <laughs> Just an awful, I'm, awful woman. And she like all she does, like she immediately comes back and starts criticizing and saying shitty things and talking about how she's never been so embarrassed and all that. <laughs> uh, but we learn that this, I mean, Trish, you seem to be pretty uh, low key beforehand. She's suffering from some side effects. The shrew syndrome. That's right. It turned her into a hissing, nagging shrew of a woman. Jesus. Yes. And this this comes back again and again. What is, so, um, uh, is it here or maybe it's later? But I think at some point uh, Fred goes, well, if the shrew fits... Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I, think, I think that is later, but that is terrible. Still. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> they leave Fred outside and a dog starts sniffing around. And threatening to pee on him. Uh, threatening to pee on him. Thank goodness. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they, they, they didn't show the dog pissing <laughs> love, on the head. No, I thought they were going to, even just a close-up of something hitting his face. Yeah. Didn't happen. Th- that sh- That is shot in a very funny way because they show a dog on, like, a wide shot coming near the head. Yeah. And the head is not moving at all. And then they'll cut to a close-up of the head talking. And then they'll <laughs> cut to a wide shot again of the head just completely still, right? <laughs> Class- classic puppet-mation. Um, so, oh, by the way, so Trish, by the way, <laughs> Trish, uh, deci- uh, Edgar injects her with a second, uh, <laughs> some other what drug. He says later that it's like, uh, what is it? It's, it's just a combination. He called, of... he said it's like, it's like pro Prozac and Prozac. a bunch of other antidepressants. <laughs> yeah. So he gives his woman. This oh, no, no, I'm woman. sorry. Not antidepressants. Uh, he calls them depressants. Yeah, so he injects her with it, and that that takes away her her shrewishness. Makes sense. That's terrible, by the way. It's really <laughs> awful. Um, but she seems fine after that, uh, and she doesn't seem to realize at first that she's just come back from the dead. She just thinks that she hit her head and has a headache or something like that. Yep. And uh, that's the end of the movie. Yeah, they certainly make it seem that way because we're treated to a trailer for Reanimator Academy Two, <laughs> and here mm-hmm. it is. In Reanimator Academy, Edgar Allan Lovecraft brought Fred to life with his Reanimator Academy Reanimator Serum. That's amazing. <laughs> when fate struck a mortal blow to Nick's girlfriend Trish, Edgar restored her life with the strange serum. We should mention this is but 30 minutes into the film. Yes, we're, we're about halfway Turning through. We're halfway into through. a raving shrew. What was in the anti-shrew formula that Edgar formula. Be further side effects? And what? of Bruno and Muxy for the answers to these and other amazing questions. Watch, Watch Reanimator Academy 2. Hot Lips does the campus. <laughs> Hot Lips does the campus. I forgot about that. Contains material that may not be suitable for preteens. <laughs> I like how it specifically may, may, contains material not uh, suitable for preteens. It's an interesting... So my six-year-old can watch it. <laughs> it's interesting to notice uh, at this point in the film that, that the content of it uh, is not 
uh, adult at all. I don't think there's is there any swearing in this film? I don't think not there really, is. Not really, no. The violence is all very cartoonish. It gets a little bit more graphic a little later, but only graphic in the sense that well, you'll see. But there's <laughs> it's not a violent movie. I mean, it probably is only a PG rated movie if one was to uh, rate it. Yeah, which of course if this, this one almost yeah, if this went to the MPAA, it would, be, it would probably be like a PG, maybe a PG-13. Well, the first half would definitely be PG. The second half would be PG-13. So the people listening right now to No Budget Nightmares, this is a two, two, two episodes in one. Because <laughs> we get to Academy focus on two. the sequel of Reanimator Academy 2, Hot Lips Does the Campus. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to start doing trailers in that voice. From the world that brought you. Like, it's, almost, it's almost like... Um, Oh, what's Hip hop logos. No, 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 no. Uh, who's that transformer? The one who is like a tape, a tape deck. Uh, sound sound wave. wave. It sounds like sound. sound nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I can't do a sound wave. That's. <laughs> I don't think it sounds that much like him either. <laughs> sound wave. I think it sounds a lot like sound wave. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay. Who uh, <laughs> 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 knew your father? I did. Um, Thank you. No, no problem. So, Reanimator Academy 2 starts with us jumping a little bit into the future. Like, a little bit. Because we see a newspaper which says that the reanimator serum, that uh, it would probably be the most significant uh, invention in the history of the Earth. Without a doubt. Right. Yeah. It's on the front page of a paper saying, Reanimator serum works, dead co-ed return to life. Woohoo! So, you know, he's basically, you know, Edgar would be like a god at this point. Probably the richest person in the world, uh, or at the very least, the most famous. Mm. But in this case, <laughs> he just ends up kind of continuing what he was doing before as a student at this university. Exactly. But uh, So we're treated to uh, Muggsy, like, laughing a lot. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> he's reading the paper, you see. Because he's reading the paper, he, you know, and he's laughing. And then Bruno comes in, and Bruno starts laughing with him, and then this this sort of happens. Because I just got a great idea. What's that? It's a thought that pops in your head all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't know if that one, for some reason, is a lot softer than, than the other ones. Uh, basically, uh, you know, they're, they're laughing, and he says, why are you laughing? And he goes, because I had a great idea. And, he, and Bruno goes, what's that? And he goes, it's a thought that pops into your head. <laughs> that, that's the most airplane-like <laughs> joke, I think, in the yeah. film. Yeah, it's it's a bad joke though. It's really, oh, know. it's terrible. Yeah, Muggsy's idea, by the way, is he's going to use this reanimator serum to bring Hot Lips, the uh, prostitute from earlier in the film, mm-hmm. back to life. Yep, that's what he's going to do. Now, this is theoretically maybe just a few days later than the events that we saw before, uh, but they've been keeping Hot Lips on ice. They've kept her in a freezer the entire time. <laughs> he's like, you want I should thaw her out? Yeah, he goes, you want I should defrost her first? And they don't. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like, nah, she'll thaw on the way. Uh, now, they are going to get Edgar to uh, use the reanimator serum uh, by appealing to his better nature. And if that doesn't work, he says he'll take his tonsils out through his armpit. Yep. So they're tough guys, these gangsters. <laughs> I don't, aside from being pimps or a pimp, uh, in the case of Muggsy, I don't know what they do. Um, but I guess they, they're just... You know, 1930s gangsters. Yeah. In 1992. They drive to the university. In the most ridiculous driving scene, like, ever. 
they do. You know how everyone who's listening, you all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you. Yes, you do. Where sometimes you'll do what's called poor man's pro- process, where uh, they'll show someone in a car, and it'll be someone like rocking the car to make it look like they're driving. Now, this car actually is driving, but every once in a while, it'll cut to a close-up of them in the car, and the, nothing is moving. It's just – and it's, what's really great, too, is that is that like if if it's on Muggsy's side, you can there's a bit of window behind yep. him. You can see that you, it's not moving. You can see there's nothing moving behind him whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, so that's really terribly done. It's really poorly done. <laughs> I love it. So they're bad guys, so they park in the handicapped spot. Uh, and they go to the fraternity house, of course. Well, it's really funny, though. They show them park into the handicapped spot, and then two seconds later, they're driving again. That's true, because they have to get to the fraternity yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't near a handicapped spot. Yeah. <laughs> so they walk in, and there's still there's another party. There's another party going on. There's People another undies on the head party. They're walking around. And Muggsy says to Bruno, he goes... He goes, do you think there's, is there something funny about the way these kids are dressing? And, of course, Bruno goes, uh, I don't know, what's, you know, there's nothing funny about it. And, he's, of course, he's got, they cut to him and he's got his, he's got underwear on his head. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> they're carrying a corpse, by the way, wrapped up in, like, a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> well, be specific. They're carrying a mannequin. <laughs> they, they are carrying what is supposed to be a frozen corpse. Yeah. But, yes, you can see the feet sticking out and it's a mannequin. <laughs> I, like how, I like how nonchalant they are about it, too. <laughs> like, <they're> just... <laughs> I love how not only nonchalant they are, but when the people see it, uh, when Nick especially sees it, he doesn't get bothered at all because he thinks that they're just delivering a corpse for uh, Edgar. Yeah. He, said, oh, he, gets, he gets these all the time. My favorite thing, probably the entire movie, is when they knock on Edgar's door. Well, actually, they don't knock. They just come right in. Yeah. Uh, and Edgar looks at them, and he's uh, you know, rightfully confused, and he goes, can I help you? And Bruno goes, you sure can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Bruno is the character of he's this the movie. He's the best. He's the best. <laughs> so uh, they try to appeal to his better nature, asking if he can unstiff a stiff. They ask if he he has that reambulating <laughs> serum. <laughs> but of course, once uh, Edgar actually looks at the corpse, he sees that it has bullet holes in it. Yeah, he's really... Thirty by my count. <laughs> <laughs> by whose count? <laughs> I counted. Well, uh, but uh, they I say that she had a hunting accident, which he doesn't necessarily buy. Um, yeah, he's going to call the police. Yeah, he's going to try to call the police, but they threaten him. <laughs> they threaten him, Mo. Uh, and uh, the response uh, that you might have and forgotten at this point, it would be too. easy to, that there is still a, a severed head, a living one in the room with them. Yeah. Who said that? I did. What the hell is that? Exactly what I was thinking when I was staring at your butt. You mind keeping your ass away from my face, pal? <laughs> Yeah, so Fred the Head. <laughs> Got a good head on your shoulders. Yeah, there's a lot of those terrible things. And one over here! <laughs> so they threaten to burn the sorority house, oh, sorry, the uh, fraternity house down uh, if uh, if Edgar doesn't help them. <laughs> he, he goes, he goes, there's a nice little house you have here. It'd be a shame <laughs> if it turned up missing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Edgar's like, missing? <laughs> There are a couple of jokes in this movie that really work, you know, and I think that's probably one of the best ones. 
Well, the other one, your, your I think, Mo favorite joke is coming up right now where they mention <laughs> that there's something wrong with, uh, with Fred, how he looks because he was, he was uh, burned. Right. There's just well, yeah. There's I mean, there's a, there's a couple of really funny lines in in between that. He goes, uh, he goes. So are you gonna play ball, or is Bruno gonna play ball with your friend? And Bruno goes, I'm good at slam dunks. <laughs> That's all in the delivery, though. That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he goes, he goes. Uh, and they ask him, so why does he look so weird? They go, well, he's burned. And of course, Bruno responds, of course, yes. This and it, this is this is like I said, this is one of the only legitimate laughs. I, I I had in this film and probably my favorite joke of the entire movie. What's with the autograph business? Don't you know who that is, boss? It's a famous rock star, David Byrne of the Talking Heads. Yes, serious. <laughs> it's a famous rock star, David Byrne of the Talking Heads. <laughs> it's a famous rock star, it's David Byrne of the Talking Heads. Now, David Byrne... That's, al- that's almost heads. my Yogi impression. <laughs> hey, yo, uh, uh, boo-boo. Uh, Mauna, I cannot do boo boo. That's for sure. <laughs> you know they do that biscuits. talking head. They do the talking heads reference in Reanimator because there's a big poster for Stop Making Sense in there. Yeah. So I feel like this is a kind of a derivative joke. But the fact that they go so far <laughs> to make it happen, I can't help but applaud it for its efforts. Yeah, there's there's a couple of jokes in here. They they take some serious steps to make to make the jokes happen when they. they like it just—it would make no sense for that joke to actually take place. So Edgar does inject Hot Lips with the Reanimator serum, Ugh. and she comes to life and is the most horrible person. She's the shrewiest <laughs> shrew ever. Yeah, and this is when uh, this is when uh, Fred goes, "Well, the shrew fits." Yeah, that's classic. <laughs> But she's uh, she's so like she sounds like Miss Piggy for one thing when she comes out of it, and she does indeed have the Shrew syndrome. She's her voice is just insufferable. It's yeah, the worst it is. But she's supposed to be irritating, so you got to give him that. I guess. She goes, "I'll myrtleize you. <laughs> I'll myrtleize you." Well, she ends uh, up she ends up knocking away, uh, uh, you know, the guys who are trying to hold her down, and uh, and she she ends up stealing Muggsy's car, and so she takes off. Yeah, she beats the shit out of him yeah. and takes the car because uh, he was going to, like, use the Prozac on her. But, no, she just takes off. Yeah. And so, and so, that, so of course, they, these guys run at, end up chasing after her in Edgar's car. And, of course, Fred calls shotgun. Before we talk about that, I just got to mention one thing. Sure. Because <laughs> it was the stupidest joke that I still really laughed at, which is that um, Muggsy is upset, upset that uh, – that um, Bruno uh, was overtaken by this uh, by Hot Lips, and he goes, uh, "Hey, wh- what do I pay you for?" And he goes, "You don't, you pay, don't me, pay me, boss." Me, boss. <laughs> and anyway, she grabbed my nads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nads jokes—they always work on me. They, yeah, they're pretty pretty brilliant. So so she's driving along, and she gets pulled over by a cop. Yeah. Now, why she would stop for the cop is beyond me because she's you know, crazy, but, um, yeah, so she does and they, they, you know, he, you know, license registration, she's, and she starts flipping out on him, uh, to the point where he eventually, uh, makes notice of the fact that she, that her face is covered in bullet holes. (laughs) (laughs) And basically this is the interaction. My God, what happened to you? (laughs) And just what is that supposed to mean? Those Holes in your face. <laughs> Has there been an accident? Oh, that's 
just great. Every time you see a lady with a blemish, do you point it out? Do you like to point out people's pebbles? Hiya! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one great thing about this scene is how they uh, got away with the fact that they obviously didn't have a police car available to them. <laughs> it, they they show a reflection uh, in, I think, a rearview mirror of like just red and blue lights. Yeah, yeah. And then they just cut to the cop coming over. So we never see his car. And he's wearing an ill-fitting cop uniform. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to make do in these situations, which is exactly what they did. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think Redneck County Fever actually might have had a cop car in it. Yeah, it did. But... Yeah, so so who knows? Maybe maybe this is from a different group of people, or maybe after seeing that film, the cops decided they wouldn't want to be <laughs> involved you know anymore. <laughs> you know what? We want nothing to do with you guys. Uh, so yeah, so they argue a little bit more, and and eventually she ends up going. She goes, "How about a knuckle sandwich?" <laughs> and she ends up punching him, and she just cleanly decapitates him, just head right off. This is the first of what is to become a uh, series of decapitations in this movie. And this would mark, by the way, and we're probably, well, we're, we're more than three quarters of the way through the yeah. film at this point. Uh, this is the start of my favorite parts of the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's, some pretty great, it, it, there's some pretty great montages coming up. <laughs> there's some pretty lengthy montages coming up. <laughs> so... So they're wondering where they can find her. We're talking about Muggsy and, and Edgar and Bruno. They're wondering where they might be able to find her. And Muggsy decides that what she's probably going to be is back on her regular street corner because it's all she knows. Because <laughs> she's a dirty whore and that's all and she she's knows. Right. And, he, and, and that's he's the funny absolutely thing. He's, right. he's 100% right. That's exactly where she goes. Um, so, so, yeah, so she's back on there and, and almost immediately uh, propositioned by one of her old uh, Johns. Um, she basically tells him to to buzz off, and he's got a pretty great response. Dingy broad. What is it? Your time of the month or something? You know, I don't come here to get insulted. I can get that from my wife. <laughs> he goes, I came here to get head. <laughs> it's, it's early Mark Wahlberg. And yeah, yeah, he's like, he's like, hey, Mr. Goat. <laughs> like your beard. No, he doesn't just want head. He asks for head in a way that I've never heard before. And maybe this is just Mimo. I'm, no, no, I'm he a... says he says I know I know what you where you're going here. And and yeah. you're right. It doesn't make any sense at all why why they say it, but he says I want head. And then she, they cut to they cut to her, I think. And she yeah. goes and she goes, "A head job?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, a head job." Yeah, yeah, I yeah, want a yeah, head job. I want job. a head job. Has, has anyone ever heard it referred to as a head job before? I've heard it is I've heard it referred to many, many weird things and you know, I mean catching brain, you know, uh The thing is of course, I mean, let's 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 get serious here. Let's, let's Oh yeah, yeah. Now's the time to get serious. Okay. So head <laughs> is a proper way of 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 talking about this or Blowjob, right? Sure. I mean, we'd say it was a blowjob. So, getting head, getting a blowjob, either one of those would have worked. Now, blowjob in the context of what's about to happen would not work. However, just saying that he wants head and she would reply, "Oh, you want head, do you?" would have worked just as well. Would have been fine. So, why does she say head job? Maybe this is a thing in Texas. Texans, please let us know. I was gonna say we've got friends in Texas. I mean, all my exes are in Texas. Hello. Okay. 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 Sorry. Just one second. What's up? Oh. 
And we're back. <laughs> uh, yeah, Godzilla attacks. You know what happens. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Where uh, were we, Mo? Well, we were just talking about uh, giving head jobs and her uh, unceremoniously, uh, I should say hot lips, unceremoniously punching uh, this random trick's head off. I don't even know. Did we even get to the point where she actually punched his head off? No, no, no. We were just talking. We were talking about the idea so, of giving a head job. Right. So if any of our friends, our Texan friends, have ever heard of this term of giving a head job, maybe it was an early 90s thing. And I, of course, was too young and certainly much too innocent to know about those sort of things. Uh, she, uh, in a comical display, she, you see, he said he wanted a head job, right? So what she decided to do was punch his head off. Makes sense. Not, actually, when I say it like that, it doesn't sound like a joke at all, but that's what they wanted it to be. <laughs> well, we were, ta- we were saying how like, it would have made much more sense if he had just, if he had just Asked said for head. head. Yeah. <laughs> and she'll say something like, I'll give you head, and exactly. then boom. Whack. Would have made much more sense. I feel like I want to discuss this issue with the makers of the film. <laughs> <laughs> but the main thing to take away from all this is that she has, uh, between the police officer and this uh, trick, she has discovered her talent of punching people's heads off. Yeah. And this is a talent that she then decides to take advantage of in a wonderful, wonderful way. <laughs> yeah, so right before, right before all that happens, uh, Edgar and the crew in the car uh, discover <laughs> the cop's head. Not the mm-hmm. body, mind you. Just the cop's head. Yes. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, from this point in the film, we don't find any more bodies. It's all just heads. One other thing I noticed from now on in the film, Mo, is it seems like the people who are getting their heads punched off, they all seem to be wearing rather shoddy wigs. Uh, <laughs> as if they were just using one decapitated head and putting different wigs on it. That couldn't be the case, because we see three heads on screen at a time. Yeah, I guess so. So they had three. <laughs> so they obviously had three! <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and one of them might just have, I don't know, been a pumpkin or something like uh. that, because a lot of them you just see the hair. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a pretty it's a pretty funny montage at the very least because she well, she'll basically walk up to like this you know to to a quote unquote person who's always back to us yes of course uh, and she'll like mouth some angry words and shake her fist and the next thing you know we'll show a, a fist going flying and then the head popping off now Fred is upset about finding the uh, heads so he he actually commands Edgar to actually pick up all of the ones that she, he finds so yeah. they can be reanimated so they can reclaim them yes. <laughs> But during this montage, I mean, she must kick, she kick, punch off like ten different heads. I like, wish I had counted. Yeah, she really, yeah. she punches off a lot of people's heads, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> I wish this exact montage was in just about every movie we watch. I was kind of down on the film up to this point, but I was like, all right, all right. Yeah, this is get... this is kind of yeah. Between this and Bruno, it really saves the film. There's one really great one during the montage that's that's done as like a point of view, like it's done POV style. And, uh, yes, that's right. And you see her fist coming right at the camera, and then you see the camera sort of flip, and like a head goes into the trees. And like they're cutting back and forth between her punching off the heads and Edgar uh, and the rest of the group picking up the heads that that she's been knocking off. Yeah. And like they start, it starts to be like they start doing these gags with it, where the heads are like hitting the front windshield of the car with the windshield wipers are going. And he's like using one of those uh, those uh, trash like pickup sticks. Yeah, like a stick with, with, with a nail on it. Yeah, and he's picking up the heads with it. 
So, uh, and this montage must last what for like three and a half minutes. It's really long. It's it's it, it yeah. It might even be longer than that. Which is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> and they they end up following the trail of decapitated heads to Muggsy's own house. All the way back to Muggsy's house. That's where she decided to go. I guess she wasn't uh, too 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 attracted to uh, standing on street corners. From now on, yeah. Well, there's a point in the montage where, like, <laughs> where Edgar is sitting on the hood of the car uh, with a with a with that trash pole, and uh, in the background, a car drives by. And I like. <laughs> Can you imagine what they were thinking? I was thinking to myself, like, what the hell must have that must that person have been thinking? You know, if they had happened to look over and just in time to see a guy with a pole with a nail on it <laughs> in bed, you know, impale a uh, a a a. a decapitated head and 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 hand it back through the car window <laughs> uh from now on until the end of the film things get awfully disjointed <laughs> really <laughs> no like really yeah. so yeah, yeah um so they go into mugsy's uh house and uh soon encounter hot lips as they were expecting well i like now, i like how how mugsy and uh and and edgar are kind of like cowering and they send Bruno in to to kind of deal with her, and then she sneaks up behind him. <laughs> yeah, and starts choking the both of them. I don't know why she has super strength. They don't really explain that that much. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess she has super shrew powers. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, what's great is that they're being choked, and uh, Muggsy actually <laughs> calls for Bruno to help. And he goes, I don't want her squeezing my nads again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is a perfectly reasonable response. It really is. So, (laughs) like, this is the end of the movie right now. Like, the very end. Yeah, there's... You you might be wondering, well, what happens? (laughs) What happens, Mo? (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, in a a twist of events, um, Edgar ends up sticking uh, Muggsy with the anti-shrew serum. Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which basically turns Edgar into... You know, a big, not Edgar Muggsy. I'm sorry, Muggsy into a uh, a big lapdog of a man. Yes, Drew. not a man at all. In fact, I think somewhat this movie is a commentary on manliness and what makes a woman and what makes a man, and uh, it's all really offensive if you take it. Yeah, that I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So they get back to, um, you know, they cut back and there's a headline that says uh, Lovecraft ahead biology department. Uh, and we go back, and they get back to the Deadhead house, and all the Deadheads are dancing to this ridiculous music. Let's listen. With underwear on their heads. Of course. You'll recognize this from the music from the beginning of the movie, or from the show. Do you notice that the this song, if you listen to it, it's got, like, the riff is sort of like Tudler Bells from uh, The Exorcist? Hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll hear it. Yeah, yeah, right there. I, I hear yeah. that. I totally. Yeah, hear I think that. I think that might. You might actually notice there's two newspapers in the film. Uh, one right at the, uh, right not at the beginning, right at the midway point, right at the end. And those newspapers both have different headlines, but all the sub stories are exactly the same on both papers. <laughs> 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 so nice. that's quality. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it's not quite over. Uh, yeah. So so th- it's a happy ending, I guess, for the good guys, which would be Edgar and um, and Fred the head. Uh, while a, 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 an unfortunate ending for the murderous, uh, I guess you would call him Muggsy, who has become a lapdog. Um, 
but the world as a whole knows about his ability to bring people back to life. So you think that that would be a world-changing event. Yeah. But, but he's guess... still he's still living at that house. And he's a professor now, too. <laughs> yeah, he's still living at this fraternity. <laughs> he's still living he's a in a fraternity house. <laughs> you know, Bruno Bruno pulls up to pick him up. I guess uh, I guess him and Bruno are going to go check out uh, Fred's nightclub act. Oh, excellent. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, okay. So they end up... Um, you know, Bruno offers to uh, to drive around Edgar because he figures since he's a professor now, he should have a driver, which is very nice of him. Yeah. Uh, Bruno's a good guy. Yeah. And so Fred... Bruno, re- go ahead. Bruno's also, sorry, developed a, a friendly relationship with Fred at this point in the film. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. Something like that. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, they were both sitting in the back seat while all that other, while all that other crap was sure. happening. But anyway, so Fred, uh, so Fred is performing uh, at The Hop. And, not the, uh, not the IHOP, just no, the hop. just the hop, and here is Fred's act. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves somebody sometime. Wish I had one. Huh. And then nothing's <laughs> happening now. That's not a brontosaurus. That's an eggplant. Okay. I'll keep an eye out for you. They always like that. What? So my dog lost his nose. How does he smell? Awful. <laughs> and meanwhile, like there's, I mean, there's this looping track of laughter behind yeah. him. Yeah, start, they start to lose their shit laughing at these <laughs> fucking horrible jokes. And then after that, I mean, that's the whole act. That's and that's, I mean, right after that, the the end sign comes up. But uh, but they right before that, they cut to Bruno and Edgar just laughing hysterically. <laughs> at these ridiculous jokes, but I love I love the fact that like they you know like for that whole entire clip there, it's all just on Fred's head. It's just Fred, yes. you know. So it's not like you're you. I mean, you don't know what like. I mean, if, is he reacting to something? Like you know, I mean, and then, like some of the stuff he's saying like makes no sense at all. You know, it's like that's not a that's not a brontosaurus. That's an eggplant. Yeah, that, that's right. That sounds like a Todd Sheets line. To be totally honest, it really with you. does. It really yeah. It, you know, my my aching kumquat. <laughs> my aching banana <laughs> my aching banana my aching gumquat you know, and, you then know goes, and then he says and then he says I'll keep an eye out for you. <laughs> those lines have a little bit more resonance now that we actually know one of the people who said them <laughs> <laughs> I know right <laughs> uh, that's that's the reaction of the, to to this movie by the way and it's not quite over it's not quite it's, over but we do have the the end sign, and then it says to watch out for Fred the Head in Head West. And then, of course, they give us a nice little clip of that, which is ridiculous. Well, it's time for me to head west. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Yeah. It's time for, I, I, for some reason, it cut off the west there. I don't know why, but it's, it says it's time for me to head west. And that's the entire... I think we got it, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> So the head, the Fred the Head has a cowboy hat on. Yeah, yeah they they said that he's gonna. Oh my god, this movie's so fucking. Stupid. I really hope that movie never happened. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it happened, and I hope we have to watch it, or we might just like stumble upon it with a different title. <laughs> no, see, that would be awesome. That see, that's what I hope happens. I I don't want to actively search it out. I want to stumble upon it. That is the entirety of Reanimator Academy. Yeah. Now, Mo, I have to ask you. Yes. What what purpose do you think? led this film to be made? Why do you think this exists? I mean, this is the same question we had with uh, Redneck County Fever, but this one, this one is a, Redneck County Fever didn't really have any um, appeal for, like, genre fans, but this is 
you know, has Reanimator in the name. People on Twitter were asking me, is this like a sequel to Reanimator? They had curiosity about it. Yeah. Why does this exist? I don't know. <laughs> why 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 it, is it split into two half hour chunks? Yeah, that there's there's nothing about this movie that I can answer. I can't answer any of those questions. I don't know why it exists. Really have no idea why why it was split into into chunks. Uh I mean at at best it just seems like it was created as as an attempt to cash in on the whole reanimator craze. Not that there do you really think, was do you, but, think, you know what I mean. Do you think it they I mean do you think there was a cash in even possible? Right? I mean like I how think much they were money hoping. Could, I mean I, I, David Dakota got behind it so at some point yeah. I wonder if he was just you know buying up these you know super low budget shot on video films and just putting them all out. I think what what's the I wonder if he the, lost a bet. <laughs> it sometimes sort of sounds that way, eh? <laughs> I mean sometimes with these with this stuff that, that that David Dakota puts his name on, it really seems like like he had like a regular uh like poker game with with a bunch of other producers. <laughs> I mean th- this was distributed by Cinema Home Video, which was the low-budget distributor of shot-on-video films of that time. Mm. They distributed Robot Ninja and Nightmare Asylum and Goblin, Todd Sheets Goblin. Mm. So, I mean, they that that was their bread and butter, was doing this kind of shit. Uh, so maybe, I mean, I, well, I wonder mean, if but, this... but if you look at it that way, then that it makes sense that they'd want to put this particular film out because of its association with David Dakota and with its with the tie-in factor of Reanimator. So that actually makes sense, like why a distributor would put it out. Now, as to why David Dakota had anything to do with it, I have no idea. As to why the movie was ever created in the first place, again... Other than to you know to cash in on a tie-in with with Reanimator, you know, really it almost it almost seems like like this this movie kind of inadvertently did or maybe completely blatantly did what uh, what like companies like the Asylum do now and create products that are ridiculously similar, you know, to another title uh, by, in name alone, you know, and and potentially fool somebody into uh, into renting them. I I can only imagine that Brandon Bennett is yelling at our podcast right now. So I should mention that David Dakota actually he owned Cinema Home Video. Oh well, that M- makes sense. M- meaning that his producing credit on this and films like Nightmare Asylum might have more to do with the fact that he was part of that final stage yeah. rather than you know some sort of. I mean, I think well, with that Robot makes Ninja, sense, yeah, with Robot Ninja, it might have been a little bit different because him and Jared Bookwalter actually did. You know, work together yeah, in some yeah. capacity, but maybe you know, maybe that's what his production credit is actually all about. Well, that makes sense. You should have said that <laughs> earlier. I was trying to interrupt. Mo, you were on a roll. I was on a roll. Actually, while you were on a roll, I was just confirming that that fact by doing some research on the internet. You son of a bitch! I know, right? So, Reanimator Academy is a bit of a question mark for us because the idea of it having these two halves would suggest that it was meant to be distributed in two halves but was it ever uh, was it was it meant to be shown on some sort of cable access that's kind of I mean, but program? yeah th- i mean that makes sense too is that is that maybe it was it was produced to be for some you know either school related or you know local public access type thing i was totally thinking that as 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 i was watching the film <laughs> Though if you think it was school-related, you think that they would have had slightly more access to the school. <laughs> There's really few shots of the university as a whole, and they're well, very fleeting. True, but I mean, but there are, you know, there, I mean, there are, sc- like, you know, school-related public access stations. Absolutely. You know, so who knows? Yeah. 
Who knows? Well, maybe we'll know because we're going to ask questions. We're going to dig up the dirt. This is one of the most exciting things about uh, watching a lot of no-budget films is that you can find answers to these things. Sometimes you just need to hope that everyone involved didn't just die at some point. 1992 was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) But we are going to reach out and we're going to try to get uh, at least some semblance of answers. And again, if you, the listener, might have any insight into this, uh, please uh, drop us a line and tell us. In fact, if they were going to do that, Mo, how would they go about it? Well, I mean, the easiest way... It's a good transition. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, if they wanted to email us, which would probably be the most, you know, direct approach, uh, they could email uh, us at either... No budget nightmares dg at gmail dot com. Uh, I don't know about that. One. No budget nightmares dg at okay. gmail dot com, or uh, they could send it to no budget nightmares at dailygrindhouse dot com. That's all one word, and we can't even make jokes about it because now that we've gotten a few emails, uh, that it, it you know people email us occasionally. So have we gotten anything feel- this week? Uh, no, but we did have one important piece of correspondence that I am incredibly excited about. It's true, we did. Let me pull it up. Yeah, I heard you clicking, so I guess you're pulling it up right now. <laughs> pull it out, and then pull it up. Click, click, click. Oh, boy. All right, so Whoa. we got <laughs> a really random message uh, note on our Potomatic pages, which is where we host these things. Uh, and it says, it says, hey, guys, I listen to several podcasts, and some are pretty cool, others not so well. Agreed. Uh, he goes, well, not so. Uh, but- He's talking about the After Movie Diner podcast. Oh, boo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I have to admit, this was the most fun listening in a, in a very long time. You guys not only play off each other very well, uh, Play off each other so well, but your commentaries are absolutely brilliant and hilarious. Uh, this is pure coincidence, as I was simply uh, searching some info on an old film I worked on, Vampire Hunter. As you watched that. As Morgan Bain. And <laughs> uh, hence stumbled upon this brilliant piece of treasure. Thanks, guys. You have another uh, You have another follower. Sincerely, Leonardo Milan, a.k.a. Morgan Bain. P.S. Uh, couldn't have much input into the script since this was Sean's project. Yeah, the audio was di- was uh, direct to camera feed and uh, didn't know what sound processor they used in editing. So I mean, so there's another little piece of information into uh, into Sean Gallimore's Vampire Hunter uh, from the man who played Morgan Bain. Now I I love that. that for one thing, I love that he reached out to us. Oh, I, lo- I love that so much. I, I mean, it's it, it it's. For one thing, Vampire Hunter is a very interesting movie on so many levels. Yeah. I love the fact that he listened to the point where he actually answered some of the questions that we asked yeah. in the episode. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, th- at the end there, that's proof that he listened to the entire episode because yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't ask we don't ask the questions like that until the end. So I love him now, and whatever thing I may have said that might have not have been complimentary in that episode <laughs> about his performance, I take it all back. Because he's obviously a great, awesome dude <laughs> who's listening to this right now, and uh, probably this will be the last episode he ever listens to. Okay? <laughs> that's okay. And hey, if you found that automatic page by Googling your own name, that's cool too. That's what I do. Hey. I honestly do it all the time, like a pathetic piece <laughs> of shit. And everyone knows it, The both parts of what I just said. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really exciting. I think it's really cool, and we love it. I mean, we've we've been so lucky to have been in contact with a lot of the the creative talent and uh, and 
<laughs> maybe not so creative <laughs> behind some of these Phillips. Well, and we've been we've been very lucky and also somewhat unfortunate every now and again with uh, with some of the contacts we've made. But I'd have to say, really, it's ninety nine percent good. And I, I, yes, it is. I guess we're positive people. Mo. Yeah. And and we, for one thing, I think to the criticism that we may sometimes receive, and sometimes I think it might be slightly warranted. I don't like being uh, overly negative when we come to the films, unless there's something like Gorno, which, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was terrible. Uh. Uh, but but <laughs> I just remember that. See, know. we can say that because they're good guys. They get they're it. good guys. <laughs> they get and, it. <laughs> and I would say of the, what episode is this, Mo? 26? 27? I would say of the 26 or 27 <laughs> episodes that we've done, that uh, generally I think this that... This is 27. We, <laughs> it's 20, oh, good. That, I mean, I think the response has generally been incredibly positive sure. overall, like overwhelmingly so from the people that we've, uh, we've heard back from. Because you can't say we're not giving these films a fair shake. We are literally going through every single moment of them. Yeah, I mean, we're going to tell you everything that we think is good and everything that we think is bad in the film. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, a lot of it's, you know, think of it as like a, you know, a, a learning experience, you know, I mean, have, have so, having somebody else point out the bad things about your film 20 years after the film was made. Just our opinions, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, we are never, ever, except maybe in a couple of cases, tell people, telling people that they shouldn't go ahead and make more movies. I love people. I, 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 like you said, learning experience. You don't even have to change things. For your next movie, you can say, fuck those guys. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stay on my own path. I'm going to make movies exactly the way I want to make them, and I'm not going to listen to anyone else, and that's absolutely fine, and you should do that. Yeah. And I want to see the result, too. Yeah, because we'll tear that one up, too. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably tear that one up, too. Um, I, I just think, you know, I'm we're lucky. We're lucky people to have a podcast that has people who are occasionally listening to it and people finding it who are interested and curious and sure. think that we're giving them uh, we're giving films an amount of respect that they're not normally given, and I think that that's important because these people are obviously pouring themselves into it, even if the results aren't that great. Well, and you know, I mean, and and even at that, I mean, uh, even like even on our end of it too. I mean, we st we do a lot of work into into these shows, uh, you know, and and we we happen to get lucky, you know, with 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 it being you and I because. You know, by some weird freak chance, you and I happen to have a pretty good rapport, you know? I mean, it, we've mentioned before on the show that, I mean, I had never talked to you. Yeah, we talked we, we talked for the first time 45 seconds before we hit record on the first episode. Uh-huh. So, think about that, Ashley, as you listen to the, uh, <laughs> to I, the, I the was, Pop Logos I, episode. I was speaking to her uh, just recently and, and asked her about, you know, what were her thoughts on listening to the very first episode? Uh, and one of the things that she most noticed was that it was very short. It was a much, it's we a were much shorter. Super short episode, yeah. Well, I think on the first episode, you had like a list of questions you wanted to go down. And, sure. And, and we went through those questions and we were like, what are we, what, what about now? Well, I guess we're done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's I mean and the evolution if you can call it that of what we're doing now uh it happened very naturally right it just happened because we yeah. saw it. yeah so yeah we're lucky we're awesome duh well yeah uh we make some of these other podcasts with their blah blah boring hosts <laughs> <laughs> they look like shit compared to us sorry <laughs> sorry guys sasquatch 
Um, <laughs> well, appara- apparently, um, apparently, I was uh, I was told recently that I leave a uh, a, a, a silent spot when I say mutant. You do. You don't say mutant correctly. I say I say it just fine. I'm mutant. <laughs> that's you. That's that's what you sound like. <laughs> I am I am from New England, okay? And New Englanders do not have accents and we say all words right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's some housekeeping I gotta do quickly, Mo. Please. Some important housekeeping. First thing, we did mention on the previous episode that we're still in the market for a uh, a new logo for No Budget Nightmares. Yes. If, if you have any creative talent, uh, even if you don't, why don't you just uh, go ahead and send them to one of those email addresses that Mo uh, mentioned earlier, or send them through Twitter, or send them through our Facebook. Uh, maybe we should mention our Twitter names right now, Mo. Yeah, I'm at Drunk on VHS. <laughs> Glad that you joined us again. Sorry, you Mo. dropped out for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're at Drunk on VHS. I'm at Doug underscore T-I-L-L-E-Y. Tilly. Yeah, uh, That should be pretty easy to figure out. <laughs> and we're also at, and, and we're really loving, we just reached, what, 150 uh, likes at our Facebook page. Uh, yeah. Facebook.com slash No Budget Nightmares, all one word. Yeah, we're looking for a new logo. Help us out. Yep. We're your good friends. Remember when I said before about how some of the other podcasts suck? I was only kidding around. I was only messing around. So if you're in one of those podcasts that suck, you can send us a good thing, like some logo advice. <laughs> we don't need advice. We know what we want. We just we just wait. We're waiting for somebody to make it. I don't know what I want. I have an idea what I want. Okay, second piece of housekeeping. Mo, yesterday, or maybe it was earlier today, it all blends together. Yep. You mentioned that you have a sexier voice than me. <laughs> I did Twitter. not. I said that I get more feedback about my voice being sexy than you. My wife just yelled from the other room that she agrees that you do have a sexier voice <laughs> I than do. me. Uh, Her opinion, unimportant. <laughs> but what I want, I want to hear. This is the only, I don't give a shit about any other feedback. I don't care about our logo. I want to hear from the people and I want to know which one of them which one of them? Which one of us? <laughs> which one? Uh, which one of the two? Well, of I, I, if they have a sexy voice, they can send in something too. But uh, maybe you wanted to read some Fifty Shades of Grey to us or something like that. Um, but which one of us? I'm just going to get deep down for a moment. Which one of us? <laughs> which one of us do you think has the sexiest voice? Yeah, ladies. Which one of us has the sexier voice? I'm, I'm doing even more heavy breathing than normal into this microphone. Like we what? <laughs> do it like you did when this... you were dating. <laughs> well, well, how does that go? Jill, please! <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's in! <laughs> uh, yeah, so, sexy voice, let us know. Uh, email, Twitter, Facebook, go for it. Mo, have you seen any films lately that might have washed the taste of Reanimator Academy out of your delightful mouth? Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> I watched um, The American Scream. Oh, from the director of uh, Best Worst the Best Movie. Worst Movie. Yeah. It was fantabulous. I really, really enjoyed it. They're not putting that on the poster, Mo. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> fantabulous. It's Mopor. It was fantabulous. It's a documentary about, like, uh, is it, like, people who home dress haunters. up their houses? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's about people who, like, you know, decorate their homes and, and allow people uh, to come, like, march through. Basically, they make their their homes into like haunted houses you know but they call it home haunting oh that sounds like it could be very interesting it's really I mean, it's, I, it's incredibly interesting and it's are, are they wackos 
Uh, a couple of them are. Ah, uh, good. There's like three families they kind of focus on, and one of them are. It's kind of funny. Before they introduce the, the 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 family, they're talking to one of the other families about that family, and the guy goes, "Yeah, they're peculiar." <laughs> and then they cut to the other family, and you're like, "Wow, you're not kidding." Uh, <laughs> but they but they're but actually, uh, I found I found that family the most endearing. I thought they were, uh, I thought they were funny. I mean, they're like clowns, you know, like actual and- clowns. Oh, cool. That's available on Netflix now. It's available on Netflix. And for purchase, I think, through Amazon. Mm Mm-hmm. Look at us. We're selling stuff. It's great. Yeah, too bad we're not getting any money off of that one. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, we want to uh, send some our way. <laughs> yeah, my, my music uh, – music, listen to me. My movie intake has been uh, <laughs> has been kind of low the last, the last like, week or so. I've been really super busy with a bunch of other things. And um, you lost your uh, power for not too long. Yeah, ago, exactly. So. And I lost my power for a while, so it didn't really help. And then I lost my internet for a couple of days, so that didn't help. Um, but I did watch – a really interesting, uh, I don't know, interesting is the right word, but a really <laughs> uh, odd uh, Bollywood action film called Singham. Singham. And uh, it's it's kind of worth looking into if, if you guys can find it. It was recently featured on a, uh, on a cracked list of... Uh, oh, is that the one where he pulls the guy out of the car yeah. and he's flipping over him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is a very... I mean, like, like they kind of... Like, the cracked... Uh, article makes it seem like it's like it's kind of like a non-stop action film but it's very bollywood uh there's a love story involved there's a lot of dance numbers and and music and um you know but it's but it's essentially it's 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 essentially like a like a cop sort of like a cop on the edge kind of uh action flick um but just done bollywood style and i kind of loved it uh and it's only two and a half hours long which means that it's the shortest bollywood film i've ever seen (laughs) Because yeah, uh, not too long ago, I, I, I watched, uh, I guess it's pronounced Intharan or Intharan, mm-hmm. which, is, it, which is sort of the most well-known sort of high-budget Bollywood film of the last few years. It's like a, a cyborg science fiction. Yeah, yeah. Com- and you're right. I mean, it's like, it's like three hours long. <laughs> and it's like the part, it gets so insane. I mean, it gets so fucking crazy. But... Then it, I mean, it's so it's such a stop-start dynamic. You really have to kind of attune yourself to it because when you start watching that, I mean, you're in it for the long haul, man. Yep. <laughs> for better or for worse. <laughs> I just last night saw the man with the iron fists. Oh, how was that? The RZA film, uh, done uh, with written by co-written by Eli Roth and uh, done as a tribute to the Shaw Brothers films of the seventies and eighties, and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really, really didn't like it, and I, I, I was shocked at how much I didn't like oh, it. Yeah. I went in with the idea, not that it was going to be great, but that it was going to be fun. That it was go- that you know I was, I felt like me and <laughs> that RZA and myself have oh the RZA and myself have a sort of a kindred spirit because I love those films. You know, I love the Shaw Brothers films. I love his music. Yeah, I mean uh, and you've and got I, and you've got six other friends that you've that you've been putting rap albums out with. I uh, love bees. <laughs> I'm I'm the original ODB, as you can see. <laughs> you're Y D B. That's right. <laughs> you're a young <laughs> you're a young dirty bastard. That's what everyone calls me. Um, yeah, no, and, and, you know, I, I have the, one of my favorite movies is The 36 Chamber of Shaolin, and, mm. and the RZA did a commentary on it a couple of years ago, and it's a great commentary. He obviously knows his shit. Yeah. This movie does not reflect the taste of someone who really loves those films. I don't know what the fuck went wrong 
it, it for one thing there's no good martial arts in it i mean it's there's good choreography a, a lot of good wire work and stuff like that but there are no memorable fights like after you're done you're like all right there's a lot of stuff flying around a lot of cg knives but there's nothing to it Blame. it is yeah i was I was pissed off, to be totally honest with you, because I've been waiting for that movie. I really thought it had the potential to be something special, but it uh, it left a really bad taste in my mouth. How was the music in it? Was that at least good? Oh, music's awesome. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Of course it is. But, I mean, it's... it's it's. I mean, buy the soundtrack. Leave the movie. Get some Shaw Brothers movies. Get Five Element Ninjas. Oh, and yeah. Enjoy that. Yeah. See? We can bond on that, man. <laughs> uh, and I recently watched the film... Uh, by Ward Roberts, uh, just came out actually yesterday, called Dust Up, uh, released through Breaking Glass uh, Pictures, and it's uh, it's a really fun. It's it's presented as sort of an, a tribute to exploitation movies, as so many movies are, but it's not really. It's mm-hmm. it's really more of a just a fucking psycho, uh, n- Gonzo in the desert. <laughs> you know, all these different influences coming together. <laughs> uh, it's sort of a revenge movie with a crazy villain performance. Uh, in it, and it's 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 something else. I think it's worth checking out. I actually have a, a interview with Ward Roberts uh, dropping out over at DailyGrindhouse.com dot uh, com, probably right around the same time that this uh, podcast drops. Nice. I say drops. Jill makes fun of me, but I think that's what it does. A podcast drops. Well, that's the that is the the industry term for it. And we're in the industry. Yeah, we're industry people. I mean, but Jill makes a good point too because they're, you know, the people listening aren't. <laughs> they're not what in the industry. Uh, well, that. I, I we bring them in. We are an inclusive <laughs> <We're> podcast. Inclusive. <laughs> we don't we don't care about the jargon. We just want to be honest with the people. Hey, speaking of uh, of podcasts, have you done anything of note <laughs> this just, week as far as like you, guest appearances or anything like you're, that? You're just saying this to embarrass me because I really haven't. I mean, I have been on the recent uh, badasses, boobs, and body counts covering Inframan and. Um, and uh, Gamma Three, uh, or Gamma Two, sorry, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, but that's been supplanted by the next episode, episode eleven of that same podcast featuring you. Oh, has that has that dropped yet? I think that was uh, I think that's scheduled for tomorrow. By the time this drops, it'll. Oh, that's dropped. true. Yeah, by the time by the time this is posted, that'll be posted. I was thinking ahead. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I mean, it was previously mentioned, but I did Soylent Green <laughs> and uh, and Forbidden Planet. Um, and then, uh, and I, you know, not to toot my own horn, but you know, Mike did go on to say that I might have been the best guest he's ever had on his show. But you will notice that he kept calling you Doug. He did keep calling me Doug. <laughs> that <laughs> I asshole. Think he was, I think he was a little bit confused. I wonder if I wonder if in the tags on mine it's still going to say T I L L Y. If it does, I'm going to whatever state he lives in. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's in California. Oh, that sounds too nice to go to. Um, and then uh, <laughs> uh, after after I was finished recording with uh, with Mike, uh, we get uh, an email or an invitation from uh, Jamie over at Evil Episodes, and and me and Mike joined Jamie and Mike for an impromptu uh, episode of of Evil Episodes, which is already up. It's already it's yes. already on. Uh, it's three hours of uh-huh. complete insanity. It uh, certainly is. <laughs> it's actually a pretty great episode. I'm, I mean, I'm about a third of the way done listening to it, but uh, it's I, I'm I'm actually having a lot of fun listening back on it. I was, you know, I'm still sober in the episode where I'm at, uh, so I'm kind of interested to see where it goes once I start drinking again. <laughs> but uh, you know, but yeah, so so that was all of that happened last last Friday, and I'm uh, 
man, it was like six and a half hours of podcasting, just like straight. Yeah, that's too much podcast. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> but it's all going to appear, and everyone will get their chance to listen to it. It's kind of funny that the one that you did second appeared before the one that you did first. It's not that. It's not that surprising. I think it uh, is I th- surprising. I think Mike. Uh, no, nope. ha- tends to be a little lax with his editing style. I think he he, he took he took a couple of days. <laughs> okay, a both of them are named Mike. <laughs> well, Mike from BB and BC, and B. Uh, my understanding is that the Evil Episodes podcast has virtually no editing at all. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> that they just threw that three-hour thing up there and let the world judge it. And please, go in and judge it. Don't judge us. We're sensitive souls. <laughs> but judge that. Uh, yeah. it, it, just to add on to your thoughts, I'll actually be joining both Jamie and Mike from uh, Evil Episodes, plus another guest whose name has escaped me at the moment, <laughs> for a brand new... Uh, I believe it's Doug. <laughs> That's me. I'm Doug. Oh, the other Doug. It's going to be... What? (laughs) I don't think so. That can't be right. Anyway, uh, we're going to be doing a podcast, uh, not an Evil Episodes podcast, something a little new that uh, is still to be decided. Uh, Actually, I'm going to be recording on Saturday, and we're going to be covering the four Rambo films. That's weird. Um, (laughs) It's going to be really interesting to see how that turns out. Yet another another situation where they should have had me... (laughs) No, Mo, this is going to be taken very seriously. No as, <laughs> so seriously and boring that no one will ever listen to it. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be like six hours of, of Rambo talk. And you're going to be like, uh, want to like, well, you know, no pun intended, but you're going to want to shoot somebody by the time you're done. Oh, no. This is going to be moving. Look, you can hear me right now. That's me. That's me clicking my fingers saying, move on. Move on, Mike from Evil Episodes. Get going. And he will listen because they over there they listen to whatever I say. You know, your wife just posted a uh, <laughs> a picture uh, to to Twitter of her submission for our No Budget Nightmares logo. I gotta be honest, I wouldn't be totally against using that. <laughs> uh, it's not bad. Yeah, we'll, to- we'll toss it up on the Facebook page so people can see it. <laughs> Uh, we're still recording, you horrible shrew. <laughs> I was tying that into the episode. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, Jill has yes. the shrew syndrome, unfortunately. We do. We love it. Uh, but please stop talking. <laughs> um, do we know what we're going to watch next? Because we didn't talk about it. Oh, shit. We didn't talk about it. So uh, put on your uh, <laughs> your music. Actually, I bet if we just sat here and thought for a moment, we could come up with something. And I have, Mo. I think I do know what we should watch next time. What? Uh, I think we should watch 1991's Holy Moly. Oh, yes. Not bad, eh? Absolutely. We totally should. <laughs> <laughs> I apparently have chosen the correct answer. You have chosen You have chosen correct, sir. No, that's a gr- that's a great choice. Um I am 100% down. A, it's only like 40 minutes long. Yes. You know, B, it's awesome. <laughs> so, I'm totally down. We will be watching Holy Moly, and hopefully anyone listening here can uh, can join us on that episode. Mm. Please, let yourself be known. Let your voice be heard. Uh, we are coming up upon our anniversary uh, 30th podcast pretty soon, and, uh, <laughs> and we're going to make that one pretty special for you, my friends. Oh, wait, i got to get back into my sexy voice. For you, my friends. We're going to make that one pretty special. 
Oh, I can't compete with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so join us. We're going to have a little fun. We're going to have some laughs, maybe a few tears, but it'll be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think we I think we're done here. I think, I think we've I think that we've said all we had to say and uh I won't just ramble on for another 20 minutes just saying nonsense. So if you do want to find us, uh find us over at our Facebook page at facebook.com. Sorry, I'll just stop now. <laughs> facebook.com/nobudgetnightmares all one word. I'm Doug Tilly, T I L L E Y. This is Mo Porn and this is us signing off. Good night, folks. The podcast you're currently listening to is part of the Second Unit Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at 2upn.blogspot.com or on our Facebook under the Second Unit Podcast Network. Our fantastic list of shows include... Drunk on VHS. We came from the basement. The After Movie Diner. Something Weird This Way Comes. With Rue and Mo. No budget nightmares. And Doctor Action and the Kick-Ass Kid Commentaries. The Second Unit Podcast Network, bringing you the action, leaving the boring stuff to the other guys. Oh my god, there's been a moon diving Philip's pile up